1: That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff.
0: Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive casualty insurance company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations.
1: Welcome, everyone, to episode 163 of the NBA Podcast. I'm Brian Taporic, and today we're going to recap NBA Summer League, and we're going to keep things positive. So we're going to discuss who stood out in a good way at Summer League this year. Before we get underway, a reminder that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. In our bio, you can find our Twitter handle, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some 5-star reviews, we'd love any feedback. And we're now being hosted on the Almighty Baller Podcast Network, so check them out on Twitter, at AlmightyCasts. Joining me today, as always, is my very stable genius with co-host Morton Jensen. How's it going, Mort?
2: It's going well, Brian. I'm, I'm really, really excited because you and I are going to see each other in less than a week.
1: We are, but don't pretend like that's why you're excited. You just went to go visit seven puppies, and that's why you're really excited. <laughs> that That
2: is that is also true, and my son is still in seventh heaven and has not calmed down yet. Oh, so, I'm yeah. So and, and I know, I'm already reserving like a, a spot there for when you guys arrive, because yeah. obviously you're going to be playing around with puppies for two days.
1: Right, we need at least a three-hour block where we can play with these puppies. I, can, can we tweet the link out from our podcast? That Twitter like, handle? yeah okay cool yeah, sure we're, we're sure gonna, everyone check our handle later because we're going to tweet the link of the puppies that mort is going to adopt he's getting all seven of them <laughs> i
2: wish <laughs> i live in an apartment i we, look we signed up for one yeah. let's see if they're gonna <laughs> if they're just gonna give us one and by the way I, I actually have a video of bruce playing around with them that i can send you later on
1: oh my god Oh, they're just so cute. They're like 10 weeks old. Everyone, seriously, I'm telling you, you're going to see the cutest puppies you've ever seen. Check our Twitter yep. page. We'll... Hashtag Danish puppies. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to steal one and bring them back to America. It's going to be great.
2: And it's already going to be smarter than the president.
1: That is true. That is very true. At least less treasonous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Let's go into the Summer League standouts more. We're, again, we're going yep. to keep things positive. We don't want to focus on... Too many guys raising concerns because it's summer league and who gives a shit, really? I mean, there well, are does lot... that
2: even raise concern when it right. is summer league?
1: Right, exactly. There are a lot right. of good players who have had bad summer leagues before and turned out fine. So if if your favorite team's prospect did not fare as well as you hoped, it's okay. There's a lot of time for them to turn their NBA career around probably once they start playing something resembling real basketball, which is not Summer League for anyone who's watched it in the last two weeks. But the, so, I mean, we've, we've said that you don't really care about stats in Summer League because right. that doesn't matter at all. You're more watching which skills stand out either in a good or bad way. So is mm-hmm. a guy defending well in the post? Is he switching on defense more than you thought he was able to? Can he create his own shot off the dribble? Is he a better passer than you realize? Those are the things that you can really start to take away and say, okay, well, maybe maybe this will translate into the NBA.
2: So All eye test.
1: Yeah, so one of the guys who stood out eye test-wise is the guy who you have been singing the praises of for months now and who the Bulls took at number seven, Wendell Carter Jr. Yeah, man. He's, he was incredible. He was. I told you.
2: <laughs> like he's just so fundamentally sound. Like ESPN had a had um a graphic up about, you know, the top the most producing big men. Like this that was stats, obviously, but mm-hmm. in summer league. Mm-hmm. He was he was number two among all of them, which is kinda like where wow. he's ranged. Like he was number two in scoring, number two in rebounding, number two in shot blocking. And that that's so funny to me because that's exactly like the, the whole narrative about him is oh he was always second. Like he's not number one, he was all of that. But it's just, it seems to me that his floor is so high Mm -hmm. because he's going to produce at a certain level where you just look at it and go, oh, you know what? He may not be a superstar at scoring the basketball. Oh, he may not lead the league in rebounding or shot blocking. But yeah, he's going to be right there. Like he's going to be that level low. So he's not going to be bad in any of those areas, Mm -hmm. which I feel is very, very significant. Like he's coming in with a very established floor game like you saw him like he chased down blocks all the time that that steel slash block on Ante Cicic was just ridiculous well, that, yeah like, the two-handed one the two-handed oh, one
1: yeah he just i mean he has to retire now like he can't oh, come back from that
2: no no he can't like that <laughs> That he's done for yeah i mean and and you know he's his shot blocking timing was just insane yeah. And he stayed with guards, which was right. the big knock on him. And honestly, I always thought during the whole pre-draft process, when people said, oh, he's slow-footed, like, come on. Mm-hmm. He played at, at more or less 260, 265 at Duke. And he slimmed down to 251 at the Combine. Like, of course he was going to get quicker. And and at the same time, like, let's not pretend that if you're if you're a big man, you can't switch. Like, that's it for you. Uh, If we have that narrative, we've begun to have that narrative, and that's just wrong. Like, you can produce in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. If you're a strong, weak side shot blocker, if you're a great rebounder, if you can pass, like, Kevin Kevin Love can't stay with switches. He's still in the league. He's still making all-star teams. So let's not pretend that you can't survive if you can't switch. Thankfully, though, Carter can. Mm -hmm. And he can also, (laughs) I don't know if you saw that sequence, he can grab an offensive rebound, and then slide his way all outside the three-point line and then stick it. Mm-hmm. That was the most impressive play for me, really, from from his point of view.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, we'll get to the, the next guy who well, fits a lot of these same characteristics, but yeah. his game just seems to lend itself to the way the modern NBA is played more than a Marvin Bagley or even a DeAndre Ayton, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, you know, we both had Bagley, especially we both had a little bit lower on our board than where he ended up going. You were saying Wendell Carter, you know, before the draft, you were saying, I don't know why people are saying Bagley is a better prospect than Wendell Carter. And some of the league suggested like, you know, there's at least some credence to that. It might, you know, maybe Bagley, you know, he didn't play all that much at Vegas uh, because he suffered an injury early, but Forget which one of the he was at the California one before the Sacramento one, and like correct, he he played okay, but a lot it of the same okay, concerns yeah. that surfaced during the pre-draft process mm-hmm. appeared in summer league. Carter, meanwhile, I'd say he like vastly surpassed all expectations. As you mentioned, his ability to switch on defense is going to be crucial, um, yep. especially <laughs> you know we talked about in the last episode with Jabari Parker. Uh, they're just gonna have this like super sized front court with him marketing and Carter so Carter is gonna be very busy on defense um his ability to knock down three point shots uh, I mean I just don't see how this kid fails basically
2: yeah that's and that's why I loved him yeah and still love him I so so there are two layers to this one was what I mentioned like he has a high floor. I don't think he fails at all. I think at the at a bare minimum, pending injuries, of course, this guy is a solid 10-, 12-, 15-year pro. Right. I don't see a way that he does not carve out a long-term career in the NBA. Yeah. And and even if he doesn't end up being a starter, I, I think he will be. Mm-hmm. But even if he doesn't, he's going to be a very serviceable player overall. Yes. Like, he's not going to bust in right.
1: any way. He's not Okafor.
2: He's not Jalil Okafor and then there's the other part this is what i criticize people say oh well he's 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 got a low ceiling he's got a high floor and as such he'll have a low ceiling Mm -hmm. that that is not a i'm I'm not great on math but that doesn't seem to add up (laughs) right just because a guy has a a high floor doesn't mean he's got a low ceiling like those two aren't connected yeah and you saw him this time around like he's his timing on shot blocking, his ability to stay with guards, his ability to rebound the ball in traffic, his ability to pass the ball. And also, he is extremely strong. Like, mm-hmm. physically, he's strong. I don't know if you saw some of the post moves he did as well. Like, yeah. he's really skilled. Yeah. The up and under, the fake one-way, the left-hand hook from about eight feet out. That was all buckets. Like, he has a very well-established game that you can add layers to. Mm-hmm. So right now, he's not a high-prolific three-point shooter. He's not going to go out and take five a game. Well, you know who didn't do that as well as a rookie? DeMarcus Cousins. Mm-hmm. And now he does because now he feels comfortable taking that volume. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to suggest that Wendell Carter could not become that type of player in terms of the three-point shot. Yeah. He's also, he was pretty great at drawing fouls at Duke. That is usually a thing that will translate in the NBA as well. Mm-hmm. So I think the Bulls have a legitimate building block in him and alongside Lori Yeah. and I wouldn't be at all surprised if that center power forward duo is going to be one of the league's better, you know, front court duos mm-hmm. in three or four years.
1: Yeah, like they have their front court of the future. I think it's oh yeah, pretty evident. And you know, going back to your point about him at Duke, like he played zone at Duke. There was just no way to tell how effective, they had to right because of Bagley. But like now, and, that he, and Gary Trend. Yeah, now that he's like in an NBA defense, I think he's going to shine even more than he did at Duke. And he said mm-hmm. that in the pre-draft process. He said because of the way they played, like he didn't get to and who he had as teammates, he didn't get to show everything he can do. Now that he's in the NBA, he will. So, both mm-hmm. fans should be excited. I know, you know, the Zach Levine contract we talked about a couple episodes ago. The Jabari thing, is it's a flyer. It's a no-risk flyer. But in right. Markkinen and Wendell Carter Jr., you have your front court of the future. It's really, I mean, it's all you can ask for if you're a rebuilding team like the Bulls.
2: Those are the two only guys that I would look at as long-term mainstays for the Bulls. Yeah. I really, I would not care. I could not care less if they traded Chris Dunn, Zach Levine, Jabari Parker, Bobby Portis. Like, I love Bobby Portis, but... Like he's not crucial, right? And Denzel Valentine, all those guys. Like no, you you stick with Marken and you stick with Wendell Carter, and everything else is fair game. Yeah. That's how I look at it at this point.
1: Totally agree, um, and let's just stay with the versatile bigs. More Jaron Jackson Jr., who both mm-hmm. of us we both had him as the number one big in this year's draft class. He did nothing, yeah. nothing, to. Make us look stupid, at least in summer league. He had a game with eight three-pointers. Hit a game with seven blocks. Much like Wendell Carter Jr., he might not be a 2010 guy right away, but right. Just, he fits the way what you're expecting from fives these days. More mm-hmm. so than, you know, Aiton projects as a like a prototypical 2010 guy, but there are the defensive concerns. Same with Marvin Bagley. Jaron right. Jackson is not going to bust in the NBA, and he's just so damn young, too.
2: He's a year younger than than Aiden and Backley, I believe.
1: Yeah, he he doesn't turn nineteen until later this year, right? He's still eighteen years yep. old.
2: He's still eighteen years old. Oh. so he's probably one of those guys who's going to have ridiculously you know weird stat lines. Yeah, like he's going to have NBA games where he has like two you know two rebounds, but five three pointers and five blocks. <laughs> right, right. From the center position, where yeah. you just look at it like what, what? I mean, and and that's not a knock on his rebounding. I think his rebounding will be fine. But like, you'll ha- he'll have games because instead of re- grabbing rebounds, he'll be blocking shots. Yeah. Like he'll or just he'll, he won't.
1: He'll have games yeah. where he scores five points but has fifteen rebounds and five blocks. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Exactly. Like it's just he he's going to have some really really fun stat lines. And I what I really love about him is he really enjoys the game. Have yeah. you watched this guy play? I mean, he smiles all the time. Like, he is loving every second he's out there. Mm-hmm. I, 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 For some reason, I love those type of players. The, the guys who come in where you just, they can't hide their joy of playing basketball. Yeah. When you have a guy like that, I think that's special. Those are the things that doesn't show up in a stat sheet. Those are the things you can't really, you know, look at prior hand. Like, you, yeah, you can scout it, but you can't go on a, off a piece of paper and go, oh, well, he joy- enjoys the game. I think he's going to improve so much just because he has this, this fun time and this ability to just love the game so intensely.
1: Yeah, and that's especially for a big man because that's often the concern with bigs is like, do they actually enjoy playing basketball or did they get mm-hmm. forced into it because they're seven feet? And it was like, okay. You're this tall. Go make money. like you know. Eddie Curry. Yeah, right. But even more recently, like that was the big knock on Andre Drummond a couple of years ago when he was coming out as well. It was, do you actually love playing basketball? Jaron Jackson, as you said, you can mm-hmm. tell. he Not only does he love playing basketball, but it seems like he almost likes defense more than offense, which is going to yeah. be really dangerous in that type of frame. Like a 6'11 guy with super long arms, very springy. You know, seven
2: five wingspan, and he undoubtedly will develop his body into having like a forty inch vertical. Yeah,
1: yeah, like I mean, <laughs> that's ridiculous. Grizzly's got one of the steals of the draft. Like I, Cole's Wicker tweeted uh, clips of of uh, it was like I think just a compilation of all of Jackson's mm-hmm. blocks, and like literally, it's just like how the hell did this guy? slip out of the, the top three. and I, I tweeted that, and then people were like, well, because the Sons of the Kings had the top two picks, which is... that's fair. But... Jaron like,
2: Jackson is going to be everything Ty- Tyrese Thomas didn't turn out to be.
1: Ooh, that's a good comp. I was just going to say, like, Jackson's... Jackson... or at Bagley over Jackson is going to be the next Okafor over Por- Porzingis. Like, just the... how... how the hell right did you...
2: And then throwing the Doncic angle as well
1: right 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 yeah grizzlies fans i know last year sucked you got a steal in jackson you Mm -hmm. guys are gonna be like low-key good this year yeah no one no one's talking about the grizzlies as a playoff team but they you know assuming conley and gasol come back healthy and gasol is motivated and not mopey like he was last year they just traded for garrett temple on tuesday Stole him from Sacramento because, of course, they did. Sacramento didn't give them enough good fortune this summer. Like, they're they're going to be in good shape. I really like what is happening with this Grizzlies, oh, too. Yeah.
0: And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right. Save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive.
1: Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah. Where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff.
0: Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations.
1: Um, let's talk about the Knicks more because both of their picks showed out. Kevin Knox and Mitchell Robinson.
2: Yeah. Um. So I want to preface this by just saying this: Kevin Knox played well. He did shoot thirty-five percent. So he's like, but but that's fine. Like that doesn't matter. Right. But I will say this, like, Knicks fans are... When I look at Knicks fans on Twitter right now, they, they seem to be expecting more than they should of these guys. Yeah. So I just want to, like, just preach preach patience a little bit. Yes. Because like uh, Jaron Jackson, Kevin Knox is also just 18 years old. Mm-hmm. He's very, very young. He's very, very raw. What he did at Summer League was very impressive for someone his age. I love what I saw. I think he showed that he was a little bit more athletic than he showed at Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Though I will point out that Knicks fans are saying that he's a top tier athlete, and that's right. that's not quite the case. But then again, he's 18, so his frame can fill out, his legs can fill out, and his muscle structure will tighten. Like he will get more athletic with a proper program. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, all in all, just don't go out there and expect him to become like a Rookie of the Year candidate. It's it's just it's it's unfair to him. It really is. Like, he's yeah. he's so young, it's going to take time for him to acclimate, especially, you know, playing at the 3 and the 4, like being a combo forward is def- defensively as well. Mm-hmm. Just hang tight. You've got a good one. Don't mess him up by just throwing, you know, expectations on his shoulders that he can't bear.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I think, especially with Porzingis likely to miss some, if not all, of the season, this will be a good like proving grounds for him because this yeah. season is totally meaningless for the Knicks like without mm-hmm. Porzingis they are not competing for a playoff spot so like much like the Bulls with Jabari like this should be an, a season of experimentation for the Knicks they should see what position is Kevin Knox best suited to play can he play the three full time because if you know if Mitchell Robinson turns into their starting center at some point and KP is going to slide down to the four, and Kevin Knox is going to play the three. Can you play all three of those guys together in a supersized lineup, much like the Bulls are going to have to find out with Jabari and Wendell and Laurie? Yeah. Um.
2: It's it's going to be tough though because you you're not going to have all that much movement.
1: Right. Yeah. But I mean, again, that's also putting very high expectations on Mitchell Robinson, who. Yeah. You know he played really well. I think he. Yeah, he led all of Vegas in terms of blocks, at least heading into Tuesday night's yep. championship game. He did. He
2: he over he actually overtook Wendell Carter as you know the guy who averaged like second most rebounds and second most blocks. And I think he averaged most blocks. Yeah, like you just said, yeah, like he overcame Jaron Jackson.
1: Yep, yep. And yep. then you know, thirteen points, ten rebounds, four blocks of date. Dain- I mean, yeah, yeah, getting that out of what he was the thirty sixth pick, right, somewhere around there.
2: Yeah, I don't, look, I'm still just so confused as to why the Lakers didn't pick him 25th.
1: Yeah, yeah, or, I mean, I guess Boston, Robert Williams is projected to be a lottery pick, but it seems like that dude, if his head was not physically connected to his body, he would have already lost it, as he has lost his wallet twice and, like, overslept their press conference and missed a plane, Not, not an especially great start to Robert Williams' NBA career, but...
2: Right. I, I, I have a farm to sell him somewhere. <laughs> you can, you can, you can, I mean, you really need to get, like, if you're him, you need to get that head on straight because yeah. he is going to be taken advantage of if right. he's not smarter.
1: Right. Right. But yeah, I mean, Robinson and or er, Knox, both, they look great. Nick's fans should be excited. Yeah. That said, as you said, keep your expectations in check. This is going to be a long year. You're not going anywhere without KP. Be excited mm-hmm. that you've got some really promising young players. Those two, plus KP, plus Frankie Smokes. We'll see what happens with Trey Burke and Moody and all those guys. But like there are pieces there if the Knicks stay patient. Like they can create max contract space next summer. They think they would have to, like, either stretch Noah or um they could trade they could like salary dump Courtney Lee. They probably are going to struggle to salary dump hardaway jr but you know there are pathways for them to create max contract space there's talk of kevin durant perhaps being interested in them like they're on the right path which is a weird thing to say about the knicks because it's been so long yeah that we could but like they're i think they're under smart management and they're being patient as well they should be
2: but here's the thing though when Kevin Durant meets, you know, has his free agent meeting <laughs> in, in New York and gets offered a CD.
1: Right, right. That that might, he'll, that yeah, might change. Yeah, he'll turn around things. and like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, the point stands that, like, they're, they're on the right path and those mm-hmm. two guys are going to help. They should be excited about what they've seen so far. Like, just stay patient. That's like, yep. take after your new front office who has... Like, rightfully stayed patient this summer, didn't overpay anyone on more than a one-year deal. Like, they right. know they know where they're attacking is, like, a year or two down the line. Like Exactly.
2: And then they have, like, DeAndre Jordan 2.0 and Mitchell Robinson. Like, that's that's his game. Mm. That is really his game. It? I, when yeah. I, whenever I see him play, I
1: see DJ. I like that. Yeah, I like that comp. Um, yeah. DeAnthony Melton, who... Told
2: you he yeah, would be good.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think any... I don't think anyone argued. Like I think everyone during draft night was like, Wait, why is this guy slipping to the second round? Wait, Well, why, we why have a Twitter 40s?
2: we have a Twitter DM thread. People yeah. argued when oh, I said true. that that's he was true. gonna be good.
1: Yeah. Well, I just like I don't know that he's gonna be a first year contributor to a Houston Rockets team that has its eyes on championship contention right now. But like you know, we, we said it a couple episodes ago. There's a lot of panic over Houston's offseason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they lost Ariza. They lost Mabamute. Uh Who knows what's going to happen with Capella, but he's going to be back in some capacity. But, like, they have James Ennis, and now this Melton kid, like, he can play. He's going to be a piece for them. I don't know if he's going to be an instant impact guy. It might take him a little bit. But, like, he's, they need to factor him in as a potential end-of-the-bench guy.
2: I told you a couple months back that it wouldn't surprise me one bit if by next playoffs we're sitting here talking about. So, how should DeAnthony Melson guard Stephen Curry?
1: (laughs) You did say that. Yeah.
2: I have not left my position on
1: that. I think he's
2: ready. I think he's ready.
1: I mean, he did. He played extremely well. Again, like, you can't read into shooting percentages at Summer League, especially. Like, he shot 38%, but I don't care. Like, no, yeah. you know he, he, the shot looks better than expected. Like he took the <laughs> year a off. Lot better. Yeah, like he took the year off. Revised that shooting form. It looks good, and he's going to be a defensive pest. Like, I mean, analytics models loved this kid coming into the draft.
2: Mm-hmm. Of course,
1: Houston, being the analytically inclined franchise, is the one that took him. It, it that partnership is going to, it's going to go well.
2: Well yeah so here's the thing about giving Houston credit for that he had already slipped in my opinion like yeah. I had him in the first round in my mock draft
1: right right
2: so even even if if Houston just picked him up like off coincidence which obviously they didn't like they whoever picked them at that slot would still get a steal so yeah. i get what you're saying and obviously i think Houston i think Daryl Morey was jumping up and down oh, yeah. when he saw he was still on the, the on the the table you
1: know. yeah yeah it, it's almost like if you had two picks in the late 30s you could have grabbed him but instead you sold both picks mm. uh,
2: who would do such a thing
1: who would do such a thing yeah, yeah. um <laughs> let's talk briefly about Trey young and then we're gonna get into some second year guys as well but Trey did not shoot all that well in his first couple games of summer league but bounced back pretty well. And mm-hmm. frankly, like more so than his shooting, his passing stood out to me. Yep, like I, he's 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 an NBA player. Like I, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm not. You know, that was like some of the concern is he is he like too small? Is he just gonna like bust outright? I'm not worried about that.
2: But that was always dumb, though. Yeah, That's that weird. was always that was always dumb. The guy as a freshman let the NCAA in scoring and assists. Right. Like, <laughs> You don't do that. Like, yeah. <laughs> here's the thing, I I couldn't care less about him not being able to make shots because you know what he could? He could get shots. Right. Like they didn't drop. Right. But he could get shots within the flow of the offense, outside of the flow of the offense because he's that type of dude. Mm-hmm. But like, it the fact that he against NPA's ish caliber defenses just little, or <laughs> ish yeah. yeah. Ish, ish. <laughs> But regardless, like he, when he came off a pick, he was already in his shooting motion. Like right. that shot is so quick, and it's so effective that in the NBA he's not gonna have any trouble getting it off, and yeah. that's a huge part of it. Then yeah, he might struggle in year one or two, like with with low shooting percentages. But that's just him getting acclimated. Right. As soon as he get acclimated and he starts dropping shots, he's, he, he'll his confidence will go up, and he'll be like, oh okay, I can make shots now.
1: Right right game over and the hawks are gonna be very bad this year just because they don't have much in terms of proven nba talent which Mm -hmm. in a way like his shooting percentages as you said are probably gonna be awful this year because he just doesn't have the teammates to like draw attention away from him like right it's john collins who will hit on in a moment and then like torian prince and then like jeremy lynn and a bunch of rookies like Bazemore, yeah. I guess, but <laughs> Bazemore, yeah, base is good, but right. I, I, he's not, man, I he's wonder. not drawing a double team.
2: No, no, he's. Oh, I, I, can't, I, I have a feeling that he's going to get traded because he takes up a lot of possessions once in a while. I think you want to kind of funnel that towards Trey.
1: Yeah. Oh, I'm sure if they could trade him, they would. I think he's just he's on one of those 2016 contracts that are yeah viewed as negative assets at this point.
2: I don't know if that's fair, though. Like, he, he produces a lot more than some of the other guys. Like, he shouldn't yeah. be put into that same conversation as a lot of the other 2016 contracts, I feel.
1: Right, right. He's Yeah, he's not, like, a Deng or a Mozgov or anything, but, like... <laughs> right.
2: tank played 13 minutes. Yeah.
1: And he's healthy. Right, 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 yeah. He's, he's like, he's basically aligned with tim hardaway jr both in terms of like
2: oh it's a good one yeah.
1: what i could expect production wise and then also salary i think thj is making one million dollar more than yep. uh than bays but yeah it's, it's i i still think he's probably viewed as somewhat of a negative asset or just teams don't want to tie up two years of cap space at this point yep. like he is I I agree. He's, he is a productive nba player it's just like he's an overpaid one too but hmm. they Atlanta's big concern will be trading Dennis Schroeder.
2: Ugh, that will happen within a month. By the way, Trey Young plays defense now.
1: Yeah, that was a nice revelation.
2: I, yeah, I mean, look, when you had the usage rate that he had right. in college, right? We've talked about this at like, length. We don't even need to go into all that. But obviously, like when you have more energy and you have better teammates, yeah. Surprise, surprise! <laughs> you can actually <laughs> exert that energy elsewhere.
1: Right? Who knew? Who knew? clearance uh let's just stay right with the hawks then where we're gonna talk about some second year guys now john collins i think was the early talk of summer league he just Mm -hmm. he you know there's always a guy every year it was Jalen brown last year who plays like one or two games and is just so much better than everyone else it's like yep what are you doing here like just just go home go home for the summer you're good this year that was john collins like he's he is a piece that Hawks team,
2: I loved him last year. If yeah. you don't remember, yeah, I was crazy about him because he was a year younger than everyone else. He had two years of college experience, so he was at the same age as a freshman. Mm-hmm. And having played two years at Wake Forest, and his his numbers were just insane—like efficiency-wise, scoring-wise, rebounding-wise—and the big knock of him was defense and jump shooting, like right. you know, or three-point shooting, I should say. Mm-hmm. Well, he's got the three-ball now, Brian.
1: Yeah, I know that was. Probably the biggest takeaway for him is he looks a lot more confident in that shot. Oh
2: yeah, and, and the if, release was always good. Now it's just kind of perfected a little bit.
1: Right, and if he's like if if that's a thing, you could much more feasibly see him as a four long term, and mm-hmm. then they could pair him with. You know they don't have a great in house option right now, but
2: Dwayne Detman right now,
1: yeah, yeah, which is fine for a stopgap. Like Deadman's a good player, but you're not projecting him as a long-term piece of your future but right you know the hawks could have I think they, they have multiple first round picks coming their way possibly depending on what mm-hmm. happens with cleveland so like they and cap space yeah right like they could be in the market for a center next year either via the draft or free agency but yeah i mean like between young collins tory and prince like again the hawks are going to be bad this year just because they don't have a lot of like proven nba talent but you can see something forming there like i'm intrigued by that hawks team i think i'm going to watch more of them than i would have expected to a month ago i would too
2: i would too i wasn't in love with their draft overall right especially when you had daunted in hand yeah. and then you know josh herder I, I think you've got a gotten better options there and i really wanted them to take elio kobo but mm-hmm. that didn't happen yep so yeah, it is what it is. We'll see what happens. They're definitely young. They have a lot of shooting ability. So, we'll see.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, the other main guy, Josh Hart, has been the talk of summer league, if only because Lakers fans are now ready to anoint him the next Michael Jordan. Should <laughs> we should we just replay our pump the brakes talk that we had for the Knicks fans for the yeah, Lakers fans? Yeah, l- let's
2: let's. But I will I will say this though, jo- I, I loved Josh Hart last season. He's good. He's really good. And to the point where I actually wondered why the Lakers would go out and re-sign KCP. Mm. I felt that that money could have spent better elsewhere.
1: Yeah. I mean, if if anything, I I think that Stevenson signing raised more concerns for Lakers fans, at least that I saw on Twitter. Well,
2: that was dumb regardless. (laughs) Well,
1: (laughs) yeah, now there's just like, wait, is he going to play over... Like, Josh Hart should be a rotation member. Is he going to play over... Josh Hart is Josh Hart gonna not gonna get off the bench, so like, Josh Hart is what 24 Like he should be dominating first and second year players in summer league. This is not, you know, like it, it, what he's doing should not come as a surprise. He would not be right. the first player to have a great summer league for a second year player to like dominate summer league and then go back to not being as great in the you know once your real NBA season starts, but. I right. I think he's fine. He's a rotation piece. I don't think he should be off limits in Kawhi Leonard talks. I don't think he's necessarily no. like a franchise building block, but he's he's a good, he's good. competent rotation player. Yeah. And that's like for where they drafted him. You know, that's great. Like the, the Lakers have cleaned up at the end of the first round in recent years.
2: And and look, him th- owning summer league. Yeah, as you said should be predictable this is sort of like the simpsons episode with homer entering this the, the child uh, the, the children's contest but building yeah. the power plant <laughs>
1: right yeah
2: and like winning and like but yeah. but, but he won he won a children's contest, yeah and homer homer right. beat their brains out like
1: right
2: yeah like that's that's josh hart and summer league which is so fitting
1: yeah i mean it's yeah. a very good analogy but yeah um who else oh jonathan isaac let's talk about oh we him. forgot about him yeah yeah well, he's he's a second year guy, so. Uh, but man, you know he didn't he just didn't get to play all that much. He was injured for a bunch of his rookie season. Hmm. Him and Mo Bamba together is going to be a defensive nightmare. Yep. They are just so damn long. Like, that Magic team is not going to be good this year, and it makes me wonder what's going to happen with Aaron Gordon. Because oh of,
2: come on, we know Nene.
1: <laughs> well, I hope, but like. Are they gonna they ha, they almost have to shift him back to the three again, right?
2: No, they're gonna play Isaac at the three because it's Ooh. the magic.
1: Oh God. Oh, I mean I we, we've said it before position positional designations don't really matter, but both of those guys are like best suited to play the four, and it's gonna be an issue down the line.
2: It depends on the athleticism. Like, really, let's let's be honest about it. It it all depends on how quick you are on your feet. Mm-hmm. If Jonathan Isaac can't guard threes, mm-hmm. then it's no problem. Like offensively, that's when we're talking about like positionless basketball.
1: Right, right.
2: Defensively, you still look at you. You still have to look at position somewhat. Like yeah. again with the Bulls and Jabari Parker playing the three, that's defensively. That's right. that, that that's gonna prove a concern. And and with the magic, it's sort of the same thing. Now you just gotta figure out, okay, who's better at guarding the opposition's best wing? Right. Like is it Jonathan Isaac or is it Aaron Gordon? Yeah. And then figure that out. Offensively, I think it will be fine. Yeah. It's all about the defense.
1: Yeah. But I don't know the answer to that question. Like I, I don't know if Isaac or Gordon can guard threes full time.
2: We saw him for twenty seven games, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Was it even twenty-seven games?
1: Uh, it was somewhere around there. Yeah,
2: it wasn't. It wasn't a lot,
1: right? And it, and he didn't. Yeah, yeah. It's a very small sample size, so I'm right. not. I'm not panicked about it. But it, the whole thing just made me realize, like, John. You know, I think probably because he, a he plays for the Magic and B because he just didn't play that much last year. A lot of people are probably just like forgetting about him, writing moth, him figuring he's the next Hozonia. <laughs> he's just going to be wasted in, in Orlando. Don't forget about him. He He looks yeah. like he's gonna be a good, hmm. good piece for that Orlando team. And so
2: remember to pick up his fourth year option.
1: Right, <laughs> right. That that step third year option would be step one, and then. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> I think he's safe. I, I think he doesn't have to worry about that. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, again, that that Magic team is gonna suck. They just I don't know what they're gonna do at point guard, and it makes me. It honestly worries me. And I have somewhat of the same concern with Phoenix, because I've seen this happen. This happened in Philly a couple of years ago. Is they just trotted out all these like shitty journeyman point guards, and yeah. you waste like you need good point guards to get the ball to your low post players. Both Phoenix with Ayton and now Orlando with like the seven thousand bigs they have on the roster: Bamba, Vucevic, yeah. Gordon, Isaac. Moskov's not playing, but he's there too. <laughs> I was but, just
2: about to say,
1: yeah. But like, you need a point guard to get the ball to those players, or you're just going to have them stand in the middle and do nothing. And I, I do worry that, like, what it's like DJ Augustine and Jerry and Grant for the Magic. Yep, yep. That's not at least they it. won't
2: require. At least they won't require shots.
1: I I guess so. I mean, I. Like, defensively, I think that Magic team could turn into something somewhat intriguing pretty quickly. Yep. Offensively, I just have no idea how they're going to manufacture enough points.
2: mm Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah, like Evan Fournier,
1: I guess? I guess so, but, like, is he going to turn into a 30-point-per-game score? That's what they need.
2: Yeah, the, it's going to be... I, I mean, him and Aaron Gordon are going to average an insane amount of points, I think.
1: Right. They'll both top 20, for sure. Yeah. <sighs> but... I, I don't know. I ho- I hope for both the sake of Orlando and Phoenix, they come up with better solutions at the point than what they have right now or pursue them down the line. Because I, I do worry that, you know, by the end of this season, we're going to be halfway through Jonathan Isaac's rookie contract. You need to start figuring out what you have in him. And mm-hmm. the same goes from Bamba. I mean, it's only his first year, but, like, don't waste a year just because you're cheap and you don't have good point guards. Right. Right,
2: which is also why they should trade Vucevic as soon as they can.
1: Right, and it wouldn't totally shock me if, like, I don't think Dennis Schroeder necessarily should be the guy they go after, but, like, it wouldn't shock me if they did end up trading Vuce for a point guard, whether it's Schroeder or, like, yeah. Reggie Jackson, I guess, could be. I don't know why Detroit would want Vooch. They would not. It would be a three-team deal. Uh guess Indiana, maybe. You could, like, maybe coax... Corey Joseph or Darren Collison. Nah, because
2: Andy, Indiana have become sort of loaded up front now.
1: Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, I guess they have Kyle Quinn, Miles Turner yeah. still. It's a problem. Like, there's a glut of both point guards and centers, so it's going to be hard to trade Vooch. Even though he's a good player, he's on an expiring deal, it's a cheap contract. I think it's going to be hard to generate much value out of him. Right, but you're terms.
2: overthinking it. You had it right the first time.
1: Schroeder? Yeah. I mean, Boot like you, like you said, Atlanta.
2: Yeah, and as you said, they don't really have a center.
1: Yeah, right. Ugh,
2: Let's gross. not overthink this. Like, to the yeah. Hawks and Magic, listening. Don't don't overthink it. Just pull the trigger. Get it over. Oh,
1: that's it, so. Like, gross. That's fine. That's so yeah, gross. It is.
2: But so, like, it's. It is what it is.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I mean, Schroeder. You had, can flip Dennis later. He already had a year where he took twenty shots a game on a bad team. He's used to it at this point. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right another second year guy we need to talk about mr cash considerations himself jordan bell again mm-hmm. a guy who in the john collins mold he played like one game and then he was just too damn good and they shut him down but man he he just looks like so much more confident now did you
2: see the way he dribbled into a three-point shot yeah I'm in saying. sacramento yeah I'm I'm not nervous about Demarcus Cousins. I'm nervous about this guy. Like people were getting all riled up about Demarcus, right? But like he's got the the Achilles tear and like the long journey back. Yeah. Like I don't know why people got so up in arms about that. The guy you should be worried about if you're one of those. Oh, you know, Golden State ruined basketball. <laughs> right. Yeah, you should look at Jordan Bell. Right. And then you should send Chicago a thank thank you know thank you note for ruining the NBA because yeah they got him for for free.
1: He's, I mean, yeah, him and Kevon Looney both are going to play a much bigger role for Golden State, at least in the regular season, than Boogie, who they are going to take it very slow with. Mm-hmm. We'll see about the playoffs, but I mean, Jordan Bell could very feasibly be their starting center. Come yeah, like the game one of the playoffs. Oh yeah, even with, with Boogie healthy, like he, he is.
2: I would be so surprised if he's not their full time center.
1: Yeah, he's I would really be really good.
2: And he's a Draymond clone. Have you noticed that? Like, nobody talked about his playmaking to this yeah. extent when he came out. This dude is dropping dimes. Mm-hmm. And he's blocking shots. Yeah. And he's rebounding. And he's scoring. Yep. Like, this, is, this is Draymond all over again.
1: The only consolation, if you are one of those Warriors ruining the league people, I wrote about this for B ball breakdown yesterday, is Jordan Bell's a restricted free agent after this year which I I just, like, forgot about. I I didn't realize he was coming up so quickly. But the Warriors are about to go into the repeater tax this year. So if anyone throws, like, say a $5 million annual salary, that type of an offer sheet, Jordan Bell's way, it's going to cost the Warriors, like, $25 million to retain him once you factor in the tax payments. So... Much like, you know, Boogie's going to be gone after a year just because they don't, they only have the non bird rights. feel like Jordan Bell is going to be very stealable next year.
2: Yeah. So this is why you always sign three years.
1: I think, did the, I don't think they have the cap space, though? I guess they could. Oh, it's the
2: minimum. Is it a two year minimum?
1: Uh, yeah. I guess they could have not given Nick Young the full five year or the full taxpayer mid-level last year and they should have that would have been an idea yeah Yeah. they should have saved some cap space but yeah if you're signing a minimum i think it can be a max. yeah to use yeah it's a max of a two-year and the same thing i thought it was was, a little bit more than that though. yeah and then quinn cook as well like he's another guy who's going to be a restricted free agent after this year you know didn't do all that much in the playoffs missed a big shot against houston even but um did keep them afloat when curry got hurt during the regular season uh yeah, the Warriors have some real financial issues coming their way. I'm
2: matching him. I, I'm saying it now. I'm matching him, and then I'm looking at, you know, Draymond and seeing how he holds up. Because he's Ooh. one of No, Let's be honest here. Draymond is an energy guy. Yeah. We've seen how energy guys can fall off. Right. Big time. Right. And he's nearing 30, right?
1: Yeah. He's yeah. like
2: 28, 29.
1: Oh man! I mean, I I hear what you're saying. I just think he's like so the heart of that team. It would be tough obviously.
2: No, no, but like you, you hang on to, to Jordan Bell and you pay that tax, and then when a day oh, comes, yeah. possibly yes. in the near future, where you look at at Draymond and going, "Oh, you want what kind of money in <laughs> right. your 31 year old body?" Right. Yeah, we'll go with Jordan Bell. Thank you very much.
1: Well, because Dre is a free agent in 2020 as well. So yeah, yeah, it's gonna be. I, like the warriors are probably going to win the title this year. I'm not raining on their parade. It's you know, Boston, I think is the only team that can challenge them. Mm-hmm. But after this year, they've got some major money problems. Like it's going to be damn near impossible if they keep all four of those if they keep their big four together, it's going to be very 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 difficult for them to build a halfway competent bench. Like they're going to be limited to nothing but the taxpayer mid level, which again is gonna cost them four to five times as much just because of the repeater yep. tax stuff, and then minimum deals, which again it's gonna be four one or and five half, times. Yeah, one and a half million for what they're paying, and then also like seven million in terms of tax payments. So
2: they're printing money though.
1: I know. And and there's talk that Clay Thompson's gonna take a below market extension. Uh, I think Marcus Thompson of The Athletic was the one who first reported that back in May, and then clay's dad was like well, we're gonna wait to see what happens in 2019 like i mm. i think he's gonna end up staying there he'll probably take a little bit less than the max but the the reported terms were a lot less than the max so we'll see what happens there i mean yeah. kevin durant you know you know how they solve their their money problems as if kevin durant goes to the knicks or that's else. true
2: that's true we should dedicate an episode to clay thompson just titled is clay thompson really a max player though
1: Oh man, I I would max the shit out of him.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: if it depends on the yeah. team construct,
2: but right? Like, that's that's kind of my point.
1: Like, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, but like for the Sixers in particular, I would right readily throw a max his way.
2: Right, but if you're like Orlando,
1: no, oh like, god, no. Like, no, 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 no. He should not be the I'm number saying. one option on a on a championship caliber exactly. team. Definitely not. And that's
2: yeah, and that's what I'm saying.
1: Like, yeah. Yeah. But, like, if, if I'm the Lakers, I throw a max at him.
2: Right, because of LeBron.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He'll, he'll have suitors who are willing to throw a max at him. I'm sure, like, he is, I'm sure he is locked in as number one on Philly's board. Like, yeah. if for whatever reason he doesn't sign an extension and Golden State says you're too expensive to keep, like, Philly will be knocking on the door with a four-year max July 1st midnight next year. No question. I just had
2: an epiphany, actually. Clay Thompson is this new era's Amari Stoudemire.
1: Oh, that's an interesting comparison.
2: Because, obviously, you max a Stoudemire who plays alongside Steve Nash right. because the pairing in itself is just so dangerous. Like, he's, yeah. he's a major part of that connection. Yeah. He's the scorer, but on his own hand, like, no, you don't max out Amari a prime Amari Stoudemire because if he doesn't have that elite guy next to him sending him up, like
1: yeah Yeah. let's also hope clay's knees don't implode like amari's did oh yeah yeah obviously (laughs) Obviously. but yeah oh man that's that's a really interesting we we should revisit that later in the summer we should figure out which teams should and should not we'll we'll do a whole episode frankly on 2019 free yeah let's do it a super early preview of it because we've been alluding to how much of a shit show it's going to be we need to go into the details i'm going to write about (laughs) it at some point i was I was planning to do it before I left on vacation, but unfortunately, or Bielicca screwed up my plans for the day and made me write about him instead. clearance um all right boy. are there any guys who you are concerned about from summer league
2: i mean i know you have two guys on your list and really it's only
1: one but like
2: yeah i'm I'm not concerned about anything but i will say that i understand the concerns about dragon bender yeah i i do it's it's getting to that point now where you need to dominate summer league Mm Mm-hmm. And if you don't, it's it's not really looking well. Not that we can project that as anything, but and it's just so weird to me because last season, like he was actually switching on smaller guards. He was like hitting. I think he hit 118 threes. Like there were there were elements to his game where I was like, oh okay, this this kid is growing and he's mm-hmm. becoming something. And then I kind of expected him to just come out, you know, bawling and somebody. Actually, initially, I didn't even even expect him to play. Right. When I heard he would, I was like, "What is yeah. he? <laughs> wow, that's that's interesting." And then I figured, "Oh, he's gonna play for like one or two games, and that's probably about it." Mm-hmm. And he came out looking uh,
1: five games.
2: Yeah, uh, let's just lot. say his rookie teammate owned his his ass pretty much in, yeah. in that rotation. Uh, yeah, it's it's not really looking good. It's no. not
1: like yeah. That was just my first question: Is who's the last top five pick? to play in summer league heading into their third year because i yeah, can't think I of one
2: I, I i honestly i don't keep track of it so right, i wouldn't right. know but yeah. and maybe maybe but, it happened
1: yeah. more recently than we realized but like it's not a good sign like again it's we're, not we're looking for the Jalen browns and the john collinses and the josh harts who in their second league destroy everyone Or second mm-hmm. year in the league destroy everyone in summer league and Bender's game maybe doesn't lend himself to that type of like single-handed domination, but uh, I don't know. It, it's like, I, I have just, I've always been including, I haven't left either him or Marcus or Marquise Chris. I haven't left the Island for either player yet, but I'm edging closer to doing so. Like I've, I've been including them mentally when I think about Phoenix's young core and think about, you have Booker and Aiton and now Mikhail Mm. Bridges, Josh Jackson, TJ Warren. And I was like, oh, they also have Chris and Bender who are interesting-ish. And like maybe both of those guys will play well off of Aiton because he's going to attract so much attention down low. And Bender, you know, he has three-point range. He shot 36.6% on threes last year. Right. So like maybe he just doesn't, his style of play doesn't lend itself well to how basketball is played at Summer League, like just this disorganized mess, and now maybe he goes into training camp and maybe he goes in the preseason the regular season and he looks a lot better in a organized structured format than he did in chick versus like chickens with their heads cut off in summer league. Yeah. But yep. Ugh, I don't know. It's it's getting tougher to you know, he's still just so young too. Like I, he doesn't turn 21 until November. So like I don't, right. I don't want to give up on him completely, but
2: Oh. Well, there there are some signs that are really discouraging. Look, he's played over 2600 minutes in the NBA so far mm-hmm. over 125 games mm-hmm. without looking. How many dunks do you think he has in his NBA career? And remember he's 7-1.
1: Oh man. The the fact you're asking me that question makes me think it's really low.
2: Yeah, but like,
1: yeah. Go for like 75?
2: 14.
1: <laughs> oh boy.
2: He had nine. He had nine dunks this past season and 118 threes.
1: Wow. So is that just bad offense though? Like bad offensive? Like they're just not playing him near the basket at all?
2: I think so. His, he, you know, his average, the average distance on his jump shot throughout the course of his career is seventeen point nine feet. Hmm. So he's more or less only used as a as a shooter. Yeah. Which I think should change yeah. because when you're seven one and somewhat agile, like go near the basket, <laughs> it's just uh, logical. But here's the thing. That also cost him on the free throw department because yeah. this this guy's averaging half a free throw a game for his career <laughs> right. playing twenty one right. minutes a night. So yeah. that's not great. He had fifty one free throw attempts last season. Man. In over two thousand minutes.
1: That is wild. Yeah, I'm looking at where his rate of three point attempts
2: is sixty six and a half percent.
1: Yeah. Wow.
2: He is such a weird player.
1: Wow. What are are you doing, Phoenix? That's... Jeez. Well, hopefully we'll see him pull it together this year, but, man, it's... Ugh. Nothing about his summer league performance made me confident that that's going to happen. And then, yeah, we already touched on the other guy briefly, but Bagley, I mean, I don't want to take too much away from it just because he played so sparingly, especially in Vegas. He You know, he... Did play a little bit more in the Sacramento league, but did anything stand out to you as, you know, a possible red flag, at least to monitor down the line? For back league? Mm-hmm. No,
2: not really. I mean, the issues that he had coming in were showcased like we had kind of expected them to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he was still pretty aware of where he was in the pick and roll i would say even though he didn't convert like he understood angles he understood what he had to do and on occasion like he he broke free and had some pretty impressive plays Mm -hmm. like he he will have games where he looks like a superstar but then he'll also have games where you go like did this guy just arrive from the g league (laughs) the thing about him is yeah he's like the counter to to wendell carter who's very much stable in his production Mm Mm-hmm. You know, Backley is the type of guy who, unlike Carter, can go out and have a game of 35 points and 20 rebounds, but the next day he can follow it up with 2 points and 5 rebounds. Yeah. That's what we're looking at, I feel, especially in NBA context, because even though he has a great motor, the shot selection and the basketball IQ doesn't really seem to add up to it with his athleticism quite yet. Mm -hmm. Maybe in a few years it will.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's fair i I'm just overall concerned about him because of the Kings and you know we we've touched on it before, but I have zero faith in their player development staff I hope at least Darren Fox with him could be interesting but uh, there's nothing there's nothing about how the Kings operate their franchise including this stupid Garrett Temple Ben McElmore trade that makes me yeah. think, like I, I just I continue to operate in utter disbelief about how the Kings run their franchise. But my, my proposal for a one time fan amnesty for Kings fans still stands.
2: <laughs> it's as it should. Same goes with Knicks fans, really. Yeah. But at they least deserve out. They have, an hope. Out. Like, they have, they have some hope.
1: That's true. And like, they're not. They're like, they're, Scott Perry is running that franchise well since taking over. The Kings are still operating like idiots.
2: And now they just cleared, I think it was twenty and a half million. Oh jeez. They're going for something. Like they're doing what the Bulls are doing. Like they cleared up for something. I'm expecting them okay. almost to go out and offer like Marcus Smart twenty and a half million. I was
1: about to say, like the smart play would be to offer Clint Capella that much money. The, yeah, but it's
2: the Kings. Right.
1: The galaxy brain, on the other hand, will be to get Marcus Smart like a three or sixty million dollar deal. Oh god. <laughs> uh all right are there any other guys who we need to touch on from summer league
2: um yeah so i'm going back to the bulls a little bit and that's actually just quite coincidental antonio blake yeah i mean look this guy is is still on a two-way contract i i have just not any understanding of why a team out there hasn't just signed him Mm -hmm. for like a fully guaranteed deal like, this dude averaged 32 points last season in the G League. Won the G League Rookie of the Year award as well. Like, you don't do that without having some serious offensive game. And, like, yeah, he's a black hole. I get it. Mm-hmm. But even in, in NBA context, you can actually have him pull out of, you know, or like have several 20-point games right. during the course of a season. Right. I look at him very much as a Gerald Green type player. Mm-hmm. Like, just a super scorer. Mm-hmm. And... So, I'm kind of also annoyed because when you have that player on your roster, you're essentially saying that, oh, you know, who's, he's earning less than a million. You're saying that Saclavine is worth more than 80 times that <laughs> right. guy. Right. Where I'm just going, maybe, you know, you should just let Saclavine sign with the Kings and see what you had in Antonio Blakeney instead because mm-hmm. they basically offer the same thing, which is just jump shooting and more jump shooting yeah and both are athletic as hell and only one of them has a surgically repaired knee <laughs> <laughs> right
1: right i agree with you so a smart team should swoop in and steal take him. antonio Blakeney yeah if yeah. they could um it sounds like christian wood is also in... i love that guy yeah <laughs> i mean he's a process sixer through and through i'm always mm-hmm. gonna be faithful to christian wood but it sounds like he's picking up some interest based on his play at summer league. Uh but I, I forget who reported that, but they said whoever it was said Milwaukee is not one of those teams, which I found interesting.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I don't know who, but I will say this. Christian Wood, I ha- I had him on my in my radar pretty early on in his career. hmm I think he's extremely intriguing. hmm Like there's some ability for him to stretch. Yeah. Like he can score inside, he can rebound. And he can maintain a, a scoring average. Like he's not one of those guys who are just going to be a non, non offensive minded player out there. Like he's he's legitimately, a, a at the very minimum, he's a multifaceted offensive player who can rebound. Like that has value, yeah. even if he has defensive concerns. Or, or and even I think he averaged like two point eight blocks.
1: Yeah. Yep. Along with like twenty points and almost eleven rebounds.
2: Yeah. There you go.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you could do far worse for an end-of-the-bench flyer as your, like, third center. Than, right. Yeah. You know.
2: And we've talked about, like, at length, picking up those guys on the cheap instead right. of just going with known commodities. Mm-hmm. Like, Lance Stevenson, come on. Right. That's not the guy you want to pay $4.5 Like, you, you want to save that money? Go for someone who has higher upside.
1: Yeah. Like, why not? Especially I, I, if you're a rebuilding team, especially.
2: I can't wait for the day when I win the European lottery and I buy an NBA team and you and I are going to be co
1: GMs. (laughs) I'll be the team president of basketball operations and then Alex can leak some embarrassing shit about me and get me fired. That'll be great.
2: Oh, yeah. That'll be, yeah, because you have all your burner accounts. Yeah. Her burner accounts. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's right. She does have a burner. Not like a burner account. She doesn't use Twitter, but like she has an egg account. And I'm like, I don't even know the handle, so it scares me. Like, one day I'm going to <laughs> sign online and, like, see my name in awful announcing and be like, oh, shit. I, I knew yeah. this was coming. Yeah. Um, I want to say quickly, Furkan Korkmaz, after his 40-point game, a lot of Sixers oh, yeah. fans were saying, we don't need Marco Bellinelli. We got Furcon Korkmaz. And I even joked, like, who needs LeBron? We got Furkan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Furkan Korkmaz is going to be an end-of-the-bench player still. He's good. Like, his, that shooting stroke is looking better. And if you want a guy to replace Bellinelli in the sense of, like, jacking up six threes that look like they have no chance of going in, yeah, Furkan Guy could fill that role. But <laughs> otherwise, he's, he's going to be like the 14th man. He's going to be inactive most nights. But, you know, right. I, I think he at least has a place on the Sixers roster. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, even after this. The, Pileichat stuff like they're still. Uh, if Jonah Bolden does come over, they are still two players. They will have seventeen players under contract now. You gotta assume Bayless is one of them getting waived, and I feel like the other one is probably gonna be Rashawn Holmes, which I know excites you because that means the Bulls could steal him. But no, no,
2: they're, look, they're they're topped off uh, uh, on the big positions, so. Yeah. I'm just excited for Jean Holmes to get a chance somewhere.
1: Yeah, I, just, I, I, you know, I think if they're bringing over Bolden, who didn't do yeah. that well at Summer League, quite frankly, and I don't think they're going to hold that against him. I don't think they're going to be like, oh shit, he he struggled at Summer League. I guess we can't bring him over now because if they yeah. do, he's going to stay stashed for three years and do what Nico did. And like, if you can get him to sign to a rookie deal now, you do it. Um, that said, yeah, it feels like. Rashawn is not long for this roster because of that.
2: hope he goes to Atlanta, then.
1: Oh, that would be super fun. Him and John Collins? Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah, I like that. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, again, we, we just talked for an hour about Summer League. If your top favorite team's prospect didn't do all that well, there's still a lot of time to turn it around. We We really, that's why we wanted to focus on the positives mostly today because and dragon bender and well he's he just stood out like a sore thumb we had to address him but <laughs> otherwise that's why we focus on the positives because you, you we we've said it before we'll say it again we want all of these young guys to succeed the nba is a, a better league and it's in a better place when young talent succeeds and replenishes the you know stock of mm-hmm. like we want as many good teams and good players out there as possible. We don't want to see shitty players, and we don't want to see shitty teams. We want to see shitty GMs because it's hilarious. But <laughs> aside from that, we want to watch good basketball, please and thank you. So, yeah, fingers crossed all these guys will, you know, if they had a disappointing league, summer league, they'll put it behind them. If they had a good summer league, they will use that, build, build upon what they learned and continue to develop. And NBA basketball is only three months away. Get excited!
2: Oh yeah, quarter of a year
1: only. Yeah, but in the meantime, uh, we'll we be will here. have yeah we will have plenty more to discuss this off season. We'll get some guests on as well, but before we uh, we'll start some division previews later in the summer. But Lord knows there will be something to talk about because it's the NBA and it never sleeps. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. You can find our bios in our or our Twitter handles in our bio, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five star reviews. We'd love any feedback. And we're now being hosted on the Almighty Baller Podcast Network, so check them out on Twitter at Almighty Casts. Until next time, I'm Brian Seporik, and I was joined by Morton Jensen. Have a good one, Mort. Well, wait, a- wait a second, Brian. Oh, shouldn't 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 we tease a little bit? We should
2: about the the next episode.
1: We should. So we will. So I'm leaving for Estonia. Uh, Wednesday um and while I am gone we'll be posting an episode most likely Saturday uh with none other than Rich Cho the former Charlotte Hornets general manager uh he will he walked us through basically how NBA teams prepare for the offseason through for draft free agency right all that good stuff. Um, we it were, was a great interview. Yeah. he was Rich was awesome. Uh, I think you guys are all going to really enjoy it. He, he gave us a lot of insights that we just didn't even know, know were a thing before we talked to him. Um, and also, stay tuned for the end. Uh, we discussed his, his food website, Big Time Bites. And actually, one of the recommendations... We recorded this in June before all this stuff happened, so some of the references are dated. That's why, but... One of the recommendations he gave, I actually went there uh, last week, the one in Nashville, and turns out he has a very good palate because, damn, (laughs) (laughs) he was was spot on with that recommendation. So, yeah, check that out later in the week. It should be out on Saturday, so follow us on Twitter. You'll see it come out there or iTunes, uh, Megaphone, wherever. Whichever app you use to get our latest episodes, keep an eye out for that.
2: Yeah, sounds good. I, I'm definitely looking forward to 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 people li- listening into that. We uh, we had a blast recording that, and and just wanted to say, Rich was just so so gracious with his time. Yes. Like he, I I didn't think for a second we would get him for more than twenty minutes, and he was just sitting there for an hour just yeah. answering our dumb questions. And I was like, <laughs> wow, really? Right. Wow, that's 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 amazing. I was I was really blown away. So that's great. And Brian, like next time we see each other, it's not gonna be on webcam.
1: Yeah that's gonna be awesome yeah 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 so we will we'll document some danish adventures next week we'll, we'll send out some pictures mostly of us just playing with puppies probably
2: <laughs> I, I mean you could spend worse days in denmark playing with
1: puppies i agree i agree so you could be in helsinki <laughs> so until then Mort, i will catch you later
2: definitely brian take care